Welcome to the Front Porch Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thank you for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Jared Link. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Grayson. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Jared, I know you've been on Front Porch Talks before. Just give us a little bit of background of where you grew up. So I'm local. Uh, I grew up west of Bridgewater. Went through Turner Ashby, and don't hold that against me if you went to Spotswood or Broadway. We're all friends now, right? Uh, But no, I've grown up here my whole life. I'm blessed to have family close by from all different directions. So yeah, I just got to visit with my own grandmother. She dropped something by the church this morning. So there's beauty in being local. Uh, I sometimes hear people's stories of how they've moved so many places, and I just kind of wonder what that would be like. But then I see my granny drop off cookies by the church that I work at. So that's pretty cool. That's a pretty good advantage or a pretty cool thing about being local. So grew up local. I worked construction for, it seems like ever. I don't like to admit how old I'm getting, but it was probably close to uh, 13 to 15 years that I worked uh, as an electrician in the area. Yeah, I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. Learned a lot. Met a lot of really cool folks. Um, it made connections that I would have never been able to make otherwise. And so I feel like God's redeeming some of that time now as time goes on and we all get a little older and find a different path. But yeah, God's redeeming some of that time because I did not journey with Christ through that entire time. I grew up in the church and knew of God and was saved at an early age, but I walked away from that at one point. Somewhere like the awkward middle school years probably started that journey, and then it lasted for probably into my mid-20s and even maybe a little beyond that until I came back to the Lord uh, under the ministry here. Different paths got us to HFCN. Pastor Kerry Willis, your dad, was pastor. and All those years I was running from the Lord, I got to hear the message of holiness and It surprised me after I came back to the Lord how much of that I remembered, even though I didn't think I was paying attention. I guess if you sit through that many years at church, something is landing somewhere. (laughs) So, yeah, that's been, it's been cool to see how God has redeemed some of that. Scripture tells us in Isaiah 55 that God's word doesn't return void. You know, it's really uh, amazing when we see that we were just sitting there, but God was working. So you had parents that probably wanted to see you in church on Sunday morning. That might have been... That was the reason I was here. (laughs) That was the sum total reason right there. Uh, Not much more. Well, hats off to Tim and Valerie for um, having that expectation. And, you know, I think that's a good encouragement to maybe parents of teenagers in these days that, yeah, get them to church. and Even if it's kicking and screaming, (laughs) it's for their good. Yeah. Um, a testimony to the ministry of the church and the people. I mean, the church is the people. Right. Um, the building is a tool. But the church, the people, even though I didn't want to be here, I developed friendships. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Miss Lynn Cook, I mean, I, she hugged me every week, and it was a bright spot in coming. I mean, there's so many people that were friendly and speak and welcome and, and non-judgmental, open. Everybody knew. I mean, when you're young like that, you think nobody knows, but the older <laughs> you get, you're like, wow, people were just really gracious because they knew what was going on. But no, I mean, it... Being in church is not just about the content from the pulpit. It's about relationships that might speak more than the words from the pulpit. Like you just mentioned, the words from the pulpit were landing, Mm -hmm. and that message was hitting dirt, some Mm -hmm. soil somewhere, and it would have been easy in that time, and I would have said, it's void. This is ridiculous. But how many years later, it's like, wow, I'm so impacted by those years and what we learned, what we talked about, how we were led. Yeah. And the relationships that you had were, and I can remember this from starting at, you know, on Roosevelt Street, like in 95, it was the relationships that I began to form that kept me coming back. Mm. 
you know, I knew that there would be people looking for me in the foyer of the church on Sunday morning. And I desperately needed community. So I, I know that Lynn has spoke into your life in tremendous ways. And you just had a baby not too long ago. What, six months ago now? She's seven months now. Seven? Seven months old. Wow. Yeah, I have no idea where that time went. Uh, Adrian said when right soon after she was born, he said, you'll find that the moments are long, but the years are quick. Mm-hmm. And boy, when you're getting yelled at of an evening trying to get a baby to bed, like you're like, this is never going to end. <laughs> <laughs> this moment is just eternity. But at seven months and a little bit of change now, you look back and you're like, man, we were just in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, we were just painting a room. We were just doing this stuff. And that was seven months ago. Now that was seven months in a pandemic ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like some of those moments are long, but yeah. it's been good. I mean, we're kind of at that stage now where every day is a little different. Yeah. She's starting to understand the word no, and I'm, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. That might be her first word, but no, it's good. Yeah. Uh, we have yeah. a lot of fun. You know, that was a story, you know, I, I thought about it at that even this morning as to when we would be having this conversation of, you know, God is constantly teaching us and showing us if we'll watch and listen. Right. Mm. Eliza was born in October. She came early, uh, even by the date, and she was... We think, the doctor said, even earlier than what the dating was from mm-hmm. all the appointments leading up. So she was a little bit earlier, and we had had a couple minor complications. We know families that endure some pretty hard days right. uh, with infants in the NICU and some things like that. And that was not our story. But as first-time parents, hearing some of the things when you see doctors concerned, you know, that's that messes with you. That mm-hmm. kind of gets your attention. And we ended up spending a week at RMH, wonderful facility, wonderful folks. They did an amazing job caring for us and Eliza. But in that time, like, you know, we've made hospital visits and you go into the rooms, you talk to people, but if you've never been there, it's hard to know what that person's feeling like. So spending that time in the hospital with her and taking that journey, again, we never had to transfer to UVA. We were able to stay here, but we got kind of in this tunnel vision of hospital brain is kind of what we called it. And time flew and stood still all at the same time time and trying to keep coherent of schedules and who was coming and what medicines you needed to take was really hard and and just through that season I kept thinking this is how people feel when we go to visit them this is what families are enduring when we walk into a hospital room or we visit someone in the nursing home like it is a hard place and so you know there was a lot of things happening there was a lot of beauty in that season but looking back now it's like wow Lord thank you for showing me that Mm -hmm. And so I've just thought, even through this pandemic season, though, we have a great opportunity to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And gosh, at the time of our conversation today, there's a lot of hard things going on in the country right now. And it's for me, I'm the person that tends to draw back a little bit and listen. I'm not a huge platform person. I don't use social media that much. So for me, I, it's a time to listen, a time to just put my ear to the ground, as you might say, and just listen to what the Lord is doing and stirring and moving. So I'm there with you on social media. I don't post a lot. I do listen. And there are times that I'm not talking. So um, there's one thing that I wanted to just bring up today when it goes back to Eliza was when I read the text or whatever came through of her name, of course, I immediately thought of Lynn Cook. And in that moment, I stood there and just marveled at when we'll just be present with people and take them as they are and walk with them. Her name says more than we can even put into words because of what she invested in your life. And I just, I didn't want to miss that today because I think it's important that we understand that when people aren't doing exactly what we want to do, we continue to love them. Yeah. And 
when it comes to the hospital. I did make that trip across to UVA, both of my girls, and it does change you. It helps you to have a better understanding of ministry. I mean, I wasn't a believer when I made those trips, but you're right. I think it really prepares us for ministry. Not that God caused it so we can be prepared for ministry, but he takes those times in our life that are hard and he can bring so much good out of them. And it's where our empathy comes from. And yeah, it's hard to go through those times, but man, it helps when you walk back in the room. Yeah. Of course, we haven't walked in hospital rooms for a while, right? That's been off limits for a little while. And hugs in the church have been off limits a little while. But it will happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. You know, something, you know, what stands out in that conversation to me is that investment done returns void it might seem like it's void a while because for at least my story i mean there is a decade in there Mm. where it didn't return yeah and so i'm an instant gratification person i hate to admit that in public but i (laughs) i I am of those people like if google takes more than two seconds to give you the answer it's like i forget it and go on like that's unfortunately that's who i that's how i roll but god's working on me don't give up but that we have to surrender our idea of the time frame yeah. And I struggle with that constantly. Yeah. And I, maybe struggle's not it. I'm growing in that constantly. Yeah. That's something I have to be mindful of. Is this my time frame I'm demanding or am I surrendering to his time frame? And I mean, in class through the Church of the Nazarene, and we're taking a living ethical lives right now. And it's been a pretty challenging class for a lot of different reasons. But we've talked a lot about um, the early church fathers and some of their expanded views of grace. You know, often in our conversations, grace is what brings us to salvation. That's how God mm-hmm. saves us. And it is. Yeah. But it's also that and more. God's grace helps us see those times in the hospital as wisdom, as experience, as how to be empathetic. God's grace is so vast and so grand and so good. Yeah, it's a big part of the conversation as we really get down and think about what all God's been up to, what he's been doing, what he is doing. Yeah, I just think about all the conversations, all the relationships you've had over the years as God has been just building those relationships in the places that you said. You know, this wouldn't have happened had I not been in those areas in those places and it doesn't seem like maybe that it has a lot to do with anything in the moment but then when you stand back and look at a broader picture you begin to see how he starts putting pieces together and it's beautiful Uh, I know that there's been a lot happening over the last couple of years and we want to get to that we can talk all day about these things can you tell us a little bit your classes Tell us a little bit about your call. Just kind of remind us of how did you go from that guy sitting on the back row of the church letting the sermons he thought bounce off to being called to ministry? Expanded view of grace. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. So came back to the Lord and started seeking. I think seeking is important. God never turns away a seeking heart. And so life looked different. But it wasn't like I got saved on one Sunday and quit my job the next. There was quite a bit of journey there uh, between those two. When I was a kid, I struggled to put a number on it. I would have been pre-middle school probably. I would have told you I was going to be a preacher when I grew up. I don't know why kids say stuff like that. I still to this day have no idea. God holds you to it. (laughs) Here we are. Yeah, in his time. But I always thought that, but yeah, that was a long distance dream at that point or thought. But as I came back and journeyed with the Lord, we got married, bought a house, you know, you just start adulting and life goes on and God started to change my heart. I mean, there's an element of surrender there where I felt like I was holding something back. I wasn't quite sure what that was, but it finally came to a point of, I've been journeying with the Lord for a while. God just asked me, are you in? (laughs) Are are you in? Will you trust me? Will you give it all? And we call that around the church entire sanctification or surrender. And and that's what it was. That's what that moment was. That changed a lot. I didn't, then again, didn't know yet what that meant. 
But there was something decided at that point in that season. Like, I've got to let it go. I've got to be more open than what I am and allow God to have all of me. And so you ask anybody, that changes trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always change your job. It doesn't always change where you live, but it will change the trajectory of your life. And it's held true for me. So probably at that point, that's when my heart started to really shift. I mentioned I loved my job. I lived, breathed, loved it. Uh, It didn't matter how long the weeks were, how long the hours were. I just, I loved it. I loved the guys. Uh, I loved the challenge of getting a blank set of blueprints and being told to just wire it, just do it, just put lights in it, do it. And so God took something that I love and slowly, I won't say turn my heart, but my heart let it go. Um, I don't know if I was putting too much identity in that at that time. I'm not sure what that was specifically, but I can look back and say God started to change my heart. He took something I lived and breathed and loved, and over the course of probably a year, changed it to where I just didn't care. And I don't mean that as negative as it can sound, but it just wasn't my priority anymore. And it was like, God, what? (laughs) So my heart's changed. What is this? And that's when I really started to think, you know, will you pursue ministry? Like, will you do this? Will you give up what you know? And, um... The answer was yes. I still don't know what it means. I didn't know what it meant then, but that was a point of surrender. You surrender once and then continually. Every day after. And that was, we don't have to go into this deep, but that was family business. Yeah. And so that is a whole other level. Yeah. Obedience cost cost there. A lot of members of my family, I'm grateful that God has redeemed that for them too. Mm. And today I would think right now, if you ask dad, he would say, you know, this has worked out really well. Good. Is it different? Absolutely. It's different than we all thought it would be. But you know what? The business is doing fine. Mom and dad are living the life that they've worked for and wow. have hoped for in retirement awesome. as they shift that direction. So yeah. God's got it. Yeah. And I bring that up just because there are people who might be listening today that think, well, you know, there's no way for me to do what you have done. Doesn't matter what their circumstances are. If God is calling them and you're open to it, he'll work out the details. Yeah. And, and again, surrender to his timing and right. his way. It's a waiting. Right. Yeah. There is. Um, and <laughs> there's plenty of us. waiting to right. abound in some of this. There's yeah. times of sprinting and there's times of waiting. Yeah, and it's not always easy to wait. It's not. Sometimes we aren't the best waiters, but God teaches us a lot in those times we learn. And sometimes we learn by looking back and going, wait a minute, this is really good timing. If it would happen the way I wanted it, it probably wouldn't be this good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, as you were talking, Jared, I I had a lot of thoughts, but uh, just talking about the waiting, I was thinking when we think nothing's happening, something's happening. Something's happening. When we think God's not doing anything, he's busy behind the scenes. And Pastor Margaret just mentioned about the timing and you mentioned, you know, it doesn't happen in our timing, but it happens in God's timing. And we realize when we get further down the road that our timing wouldn't have been as good as what God's timing was, that God works out the timing and things happen more beautifully than we could even imagine or plan for. Share a little bit about how God's, you said it's not totally clear yet, but kind of the clarity that maybe he's starting to give you in these days as far as ministry and what he has for you. Sure. I've given up on ever having a crystal clear perception of the future. I don't know. N.T. Wright says a lot, signpost in the fog. A signpost is not a clear picture, but it's a direction. It's a guidance. And that's helped me a little bit. Just take the signpost that God's given you and keep going. The picture will come into view in time. So again, changing heart. I came to the church, I think, 
been over three years now, I think, uh, on the facilities. That was a way I could slow down. It's hard to take classes and do volunteer service and stuff like that when you're at a job 60 hours a week. It can be done. There's high capacity people that can handle that. I'm not that person. So I needed a way to slow down. I was able to come on staff here as facilities, entered into the Virginia District Ministerial Studies Program. So I've been taking classes for several years. I'm about halfway through, a little over halfway through the curriculum uh, towards ordination. So again, God works a lot in my life by changing my desires, changing my heart. And that's what began to happen. I came here not knowing what the end was. I knew it was called to something. And so through that, I've had to learn a lot. There's quite a difference in leading and moving in the world systems and leading and moving and accomplishing in the church system. And I don't take systems too far, but yeah, there's just, there's two different modes there. There's two different worlds there. So one's driven by compassion, love, and the Spirit's guiding, and another is profit-driven. And that's okay. That's a good element, but they're different. So I've had opportunity to learn a lot in these seasons. God started to put a desire on my heart to learn about church planting. I didn't exactly know what that was for. I mean, you, you always have thoughts of, well, okay, you know, we'll go anywhere. We need to do anything. I Jokingly, I say I told the Lord I'd go anywhere that I could fish for muskies, which is just what I like to do. I said, we'll go anywhere as long as there's muskie fishing. Right? <laughs> and God laughed, too. We'll, t- we'll come back to that. I bet we will. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I always thought that, that call would be away from here. I knew the church was having conversations uh, about maybe something in Elkton. I-, I didn't have a clear connection at that point that the campus, that God was vision for HFCN and that he was breathing into Pastor Adrian and Pastor Terry White Fargo. That that vision, I didn't feel that connection yet, but as God kept putting the desire for church planning and stuff like that, and so listened to a lot of podcasts, read a few books, uh, have great contact with our friend Aaron Golden down in New Bern, North Carolina. He's helped me a lot through some of those conversations and thoughts and just kept going, okay, Lord, I'm just amassing information here. (laughs) And, um, you know, as God always does, in his timing, the conversation comes to, hey, would you be willing to pray into going that way? And for me, that was a choice. I felt like God said, here's a choice. You can do it and we'll do it or you cannot and that'll be okay too. But for me, that was a chance like, okay, you know, that this has been a desire on my heart that I don't think people just sit around and daydream about planting churches. Like, I felt like that was pretty unique. And so it's like, okay, let's do this. So here we are. We've had Vision Sunday several months ago, and we're headed towards a campus in East Rock. And while it's not true church planting, we are still planting a campus. There's much the same. And uh, so a lot of the things that I was learning and reading and the desires that God was putting in my heart are coming to light in a campus launch uh, just down the road in Elkton, which has musky fishing so yeah, there we go yeah. right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> full circle there you have That's amazing <laughs> so if you would like to share some neat stories in this i guess you would call it the planning or preparing stages or process that you would just like to share how god's opened doors especially during a pandemic and how you know god has still said this is not canceled this is still going <laughs> yeah. hashtag not canceled yeah. <laughs> so i said i listened to a lot of podcasts read some books and myself and Pastor Adrian and Pastor Terry went through some curriculum by a gentleman named Rich Birch. All of that stuff was amazing. We have great ideas. Not a single one mentioned the pandemic. <laughs> so here we are trotting our own course with the Lord. But no, uh, we had Vision Sunday several months ago. So right now the call is to build momentum. Uh, and that's been challenging in this season. When you think about building momentum with people, you think about being together. Right. You think about bigger events and being able to really attract and draw people. So we're praying pretty earnestly about what that looks like and how we can shift how we thought we were going to get there to now, Lord, what is really possible? What's really happening? So we're really asking a lot of those questions. We want to launch with 100 people serving in the campus. We hope more come. 
but statistically, some of the things we've learned said the higher number of people you launch with serving, it dramatically increases your success rate over the first couple of years. So 100 is not a number that we just pulled out of the sky. It's not just some goal so we can launch with a church. It really does matter statistically to the success of year number two of the church. Momentum and excitement will carry you a ways, but it won't carry you the distance. And we don't want to just be carried a distance. We want to go the way. Uh, this is not for us a, we're going to do it for a year and just have a good time. No, this is God's mission, God's vision for the church. We are one church with multiple locations. We want to be a mission outpost, if you will, in that community and beyond. I mean, from Elkton, you have easy access to grottoes. You have easy access to the town of Shenandoah. We're learning that there's even some connection across the mountain to like Standardsville. Um, So there's a mountain between, but it's still only 15 or 20 minutes apart. So yeah, that's where we're headed. Our call right now is to get 100 people to serve. And that can look different. We are going to do what we do. Uh, We want to have a fantastic Sunday morning service. Um, One site we're going to do live teaching. Uh, There may be some video incorporated in that, but right now live teaching is our first step. We will be on the same series. We are going to have the same curriculum between the two campuses because, again, it's really important to the vision that we are one church. Um, Church plants still exist. That still goes on, and that is a wonderful call. But ours has very specifically been a satellite, a campus model, rather than a parachute drop plant. And so we want to maximize that. There's a lot of beauty in that. We have wonderful folks developing curriculum here that could be published and sold at any moment. But they have given that to us to use as a resource. And so we get to take part in that. We get to take that to another location. So that allows us to concentrate resources and investing in the community because we as pastors, leaders, don't have to sit around and try to develop curriculum all week. People here are breathing and praying into what God has, and that's coming. And so we get to share in that. That's a win multiplication for the kingdom. So the 100 people serving, that's really our goal. Uh, We're hoping that as COVID releases its grip a little bit that we can gather We will gather as soon as we can uh, in the town of Elkton just to get people on that soil. Uh, There's something special about being there. Through this season, I mean, God's favor has been undeniable. We have yet to take up an in-person offering for that, and we are over $140,000 received. Uh, You cannot explain that humanly. It's not possible other than God is moving. You see the big ways. You see the numbers of financial giving. But there's so much subtle undercurrent that God is doing and moving in individual hearts. We don't even have a full pulse of what is happening in the hearts of the people. We had our life group here the other week. And just on that call, every family there had been in the town within the past week or so. And me and Ashley had driven down. I forget where Junior was that day, but we just had a day to go get out and ride around a little bit. And so we rode down and I have a loop that I cut around town, but we were down there just looking around and talking. We find out that Sunday that everybody on the screen had been through Elkton. And it's just like, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty small, but that's pretty cool. God is drawing. And we've had that prayer that the Lord would put hunger in the hearts of the people there for himself. Right. That we can't create that. Yeah. That's got to be a move of the Spirit. And we are really seeking uh, his vision and his guidance on what we need to be doing on this right. front, right. what we can mm-hmm. have our hands in. But yet we are really praying that he will give a hunger and a thirst to those people for righteousness, for relationship. Yeah. Uh, not for religion. We don't need any more of that. Mm-hmm. We need relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that hope, that hope that we can offer in Christ, yeah. um, Man, I'm excited. I cannot wait. And there's so many ways to get involved. You know, we are one church. This, this is what right. the Harrisonburg campus is doing too. We're doing this together. Every person that is a part of the HFCN campus at Boyers Road is a part of the East Rock campus yep. in Elkton. Yeah. 
This is a vision that God has called this corporate body of believers to. And so we all have a part. The hundred people that are going to go serve, we're probably serving at the 1871 Boyers location, doing something. So maybe if you're not feeling led east, man, lean in at Harrisonburg. There's so much to do. And whether you serve in East Rock or you serve at Harrisonburg, it is fulfilling God's call and God's mission. Absolutely. We have an opportunity to be a part of something that the God of the universe is doing right now in our time. We can tangibly touch what he is doing and be a part of it. We're invited in. That sounds so cool, and it is so cool. It is cool. We can live on mission and vocation of what God is doing. Yeah. You know, and I just remember one morning I was at my house, and I say this because I think we need to be aware as people within our church, God will use us to help the mission. Like, He will use us where we're present. I got a phone call one morning. Um, someone had passed away, and so you make that trip to the home, and, you know, I walk in and know that there's a hospice nurse going to come in and do all the paperwork, and the hospice nurse walked in. It was a friend of mine. Worked with her for years at RMH. She was in the cancer center at that point, and after all the paperwork was done, we just sat down and talked, and... She's like, what's going on with your church? And I told her, because she lives down around Elkton, grew up in Elkton. And I said, you know, we're looking at having a venue of our church there. And she said, you know, we're out of church right now. That might be good for us. And so I connected her. Like, I sent out the paperwork and the link for her to go and Mm -hmm. check. And I don't know if she did that or not, but this past week, when I work outside, this is when I think the best. Put a power tool in my hand or a tree (laughs) pruner or something. Man, I can think all day long. And I process really good like that but God brought her to my mind this week and was like it's time to reach back out to her and then I had this thought I think that her and Terry might have went to school together Hmm. so I'm really excited to see who that was on the screen for your core group that grew up there who might be already in relation know her yeah. from the past. I was so excited, you know, in that moment in my yard. Like, and, and that's the wow. thing. Wow! You yourself are probably not going east. Right. I hope you didn't. Come on down. But <laughs> let's get real. But your neighbor, the person you run into. And so yeah. just because your heart's not stirring doesn't mean that person you're getting ready to run into is not being called yeah. to that place. Yeah. And so it is all of our mission. And wow, it's just an incredible opportunity. If you want to get connected, you can hit our website at beaconofhope.org slash East Rock. Uh, there's a link on there. You can fill out our interest list form. No salesman's going to call. We're not going to beat down your door, but it just lets us know that, hey, I- I'm in. And just because you sign up doesn't mean that you're going to be on the head count for that Sunday. It's just telling us that you are leaning in yeah. and we're communicating with that list regularly. That's where our information goes out first. Yeah. Uh, people are on that list, get the first invites and the first uh, reveals of things that we have. So even if you know that that's not for you, it might be for someone you know. And yeah. so it's all of our mission. Right. Yeah. Jared, one last invitation that I want to make for people that have listened today on Front Porch Talks is even if you're not called to go or to serve, you might be called to either give or to pray. Yeah. And those are important too. And, you know, and even if you're not able to give, you can certainly pray. Pray for the outreach. Pray for East Rock. Pray for Elfton. Pray for you. Pray for Pastor Terry and for the others involved, the core team, the planning team, and those that will be reached by this ministry. Absolutely. Prayer is when somebody says, says, I'm praying for the East Rock campus, that means the world to me. Because prayer is the power that's going to make it happen. We could work ourselves in a frenzy and get nowhere, but when we will get in line, get in tune, get in heart with the Spirit and with the Father, that's when it's going to happen. So people praying, there's no substitute for prayer. Well, I would just say in wrapping up here, God just gave me this little cool connector. You've spent your life wiring houses, and you know that electricity does not work if it's not plugged in to the main... Got to be the source. source. The source. (laughs) 
the main source. I was trying to be more technical in my mind, but the main source, and that's what makes this so exciting and I've thought of it several times when we were talking like this is what it's all about like God has had you figuring out wiring and how to be light how to make light come um, how long and now he's taken it from just like Jesus with the disciples from fishermen to fishers of men and for you from bringing natural light into the world electricity light however you want to name that to now being light in a community where he loves the people so compassionately and he has called you and pastor terry to lead this church venue so it is just so exciting i've watched you from the back row i, I saw you there i saw you there to where you are today and it is amazing when we will give what we think is not a whole lot it's just our life how that it can change the lives of so many as we surrender he can do things that we've never thought of or imagined that small step of surrender can lead you on Amen. such a journey that it's will a change small the step course. it's a small step but it is one hard step to take and we miss it. it's once and continually yeah but that step of surrender if you're listening to this today and you know that you're holding back from something god's calling you to there's no way i can communicate through this medium enough to just say yes he's got your best interest in mind mm. His kingdom is moving forward, and he's inviting us into it. His kingdom is the eternal reality, and we get to be a part of it now. Uh, Eternal life is not just when we pass. Right. Eternal life is right now. Right. When you're holding back from full surrender, you're holding back from full engagement into that life. Mm, The kingdom. The kingdom. Yeah. And so take that step. It doesn't mean that the next day you're going to quit your job and move across the country. It might. Yeah. And praise God for it. It'll be good. But you are the only person that knows whether you're holding back. Right. And I can't can't encourage you enough to take that step. Yeah. yeah. And he makes a way. When there seems to be no way, he makes a way. He makes a he way. He does it miraculously. Yeah. Well, Jared, a lot of exciting things are happening. Thank you for joining us on Front Porch Talks today. Thanks, Grayson. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Jared Link's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Front Porch Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.